Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. This show is brought to you by our patrons at patreon.com slash Elder Scrolls Lorecast. Robots Radio presents The Elder Scrolls Welcome to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast, a place where the Elder Scrolls community can come together to discuss the boundaries of our knowledge about the universe of the Elder Scrolls. So uh, now the intro video button doesn't even do anything. And when I click the overlay for it to just turn it on for the stream, it doesn't do anything either. It's like it must have disconnected from the file. But that doesn't matter because <laughs> we're back with that. Just this is a perfect ending for a glitchy year of software. That yep. I swear, when I set it up, it works, and then when we go live, it doesn't work. But I'll have to keep tinkering with that. Anyway, welcome to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast. Um, if this is your first episode, this is kind of how it goes sometimes. Uh, I'm your host Tom or Robots from the Robots Radio Network, and I have with me my wonderful co-host Lotus of Doom. Lotus, welcome back, buddy. Hey. Hey. Thanks for having me back. Yeah. Just say one last show to end the year. One last show to end the year. We are recording this right in the middle of the day on New Year's Eve because we can. We don't have to do it at night. And if we did it at night, everyone else would be busy and nobody would tune in live. But just like all of all of the other episodes uh, for the show at, at this point, we are live at twitch.tv slash robots radio. Normally, we would be doing this about 10 p.m. Eastern, uh, 7 p.m. Pacific, uh, but we're right in the middle of the day for me. It's, it's noon and morning for some people. Um, Lotus, we have a year of stuff to review. I figured it would be a good idea. Now that we're, we're moving into year three of the podcast, we have these regular updates from Elder Scrolls Online, which do expand the lore and, and you know, mm-hmm. keep us interested in what's going on in the, in the universe of Elder Scrolls. I figured it was a good time to do a year in review and then... 
the second half of the show, we're going to get into some more speculation about the Gates of Oblivion based on some things that were revealed just yesterday. So, yes, still rolling out, too, actually, which is yeah. what's interesting about both. I, I mean, this is obviously like a marketing hype thing, but also it's just fun for the community as we try to figure this stuff out. Yeah. The only thing that there's the X factor of is uh, the mail system on when these things arrive. <laughs> right. <laughs> so that's kind of a weird X factor that can't be accounted for because yeah. people are getting things in all sorts of different ways. So then you're trying to piece it together and it's like, well, was this the order they intended you to piece it together? Is there an order that they intended you to piece it together or can it just be jumbled together? We don't know yet because we actually don't have all the pieces of it. Right. So, right. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so one of these days, I hope I get one of these things in the mail to me. I don't know if you're you've gotten stuff before. I have gotten stuff. Um, I have zero idea whether I'm getting one of these thingies. Right. Um, I got the tablets, the clicky yeah. stones, but um, so which those those were neat. I had zero idea what those were at the time. <laughs> right. Right. Had I played arena earlier, I would have known in advance and looked like a genius. So that's uh, that's true. Uh, also, why I need to play through all these. That's why I got to tackle Battle Spire. It's very Mayroon's Dagon. I'm Whew. sure there's all sorts of info there. Probably. But um. And then last year was the maps, um, which was very interesting. So now this year, well, we'll get into it, but this year we'll has got a it. whole new thing going, which yeah. is uh, also very, very cool. Yeah. So stay tuned for the second half of the, the show for that stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I hope I end up on the list. If Zoss, if you're listening, hi, I do. A, I do. A, I do a very popular podcast on the Internet. I, I'd love to get one of these things. Uh, but but for now, <laughs> for now, I'll just, re, you know, rely on other people's screenshots and, and uh, uh, you know, <laughs> just go with that. But um, let's kick this off. This is our one year. Or actually, this is the end of our second year of doing this. And, uh, you know, the end of the year of the dark heart of Skyrim. And a year ago at this time, we were speculating about what's it going to be like to go back to Skyrim? Cause it looked like that's pretty much what it was going to be. And we didn't get the official announcement yet until I believe it was January. So we, and we were in a similar position last year where we were going, okay, well, where, where are we going? How's this going to work? And then we got the official announcement, January dark heart of Skyrim, but there wasn't a whole lot of info yet. They had kind of the, uh, the screenshot and it looked snowy and it looked cool, but we didn't know anything about vampires and werewolves and, and any of the stuff that was going to be revealed. So there was a lot of speculation. I remember doing a video about like, what was Skyrim like during this time period? Because we didn't have a whole lot of info about that. Um, and then February, Vegas came and they did for the first time there. Uh, it was like a live event. And yeah, community reveal community reveal. Yeah. And you, you didn't have to pay to get into the event. Obviously, you had to pay to fly and stay in Vegas, but um, you could just go and get in. And, and it was great. And you and I got to hang out and that was super yep. fun. And of course, Vegas is Vegas. It's, you know, right. It's a weird we to go to a buffet. Afterwards. It's a weird it's experience. Decent. Yeah, we had a <laughs> wonderful buffet. I had I had two helpings of ice cream because heck, it was a buffet and I was on vacation. Yeah. And I ate like eight. 
crabs worth of crab legs. <laughs> <laughs> Lotus ate all the all the remaining crabs in the sea. Yeah, there were no mud crabs left when I was done. <laughs> yeah, and we got to go to the event. We you know got in line. We hung out. And we met a lot of people in person that we had never met before in person. All of that kind of stuff. And then we walked into the venue, and it, it looked awesome. It was uh, one of the one of the arenas they actually used for esports and some of these yes. other events. A HyperX Arena, I believe it was called. Yeah, yeah, and and we walked in, and there's like everything's decorated to the nines. They've got you know the merch table with all this cool new gear and like like tape the over top of spoilers. Walking in, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was like, oh, we're actually in Skyrim here. What is happening? Yeah, and it was really really cool. And so they had yep. to like tape over the spoilers on the merch so that because nothing had been revealed <laughs> yet because we hadn't been actually that in, the, was funny. in the thing. And then we walk into the the main arena. We grab our seats. They've got like the the stage is all set up and it looks all Skyrim-y with big rocks and snow and you know all the stuff that you guys probably saw on the video if you weren't there. And um, and people are just walking around. Like the Zoss employees are just like hanging out, just walking around. Mm-hmm. Everybody's just chatting. We took picture, fun little pictures where they where they uh, put like had multiple cameras so that like, they panned and like oh the three like, D the three D panning in front of Solitude. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was cool. We hung out. We had the then the big announcement went up. Everybody got up on stage. They did their things. And we learned, hey, we're going back to Skyrim, which we knew. But this is going to be, you know, vampires and there's going to be more stuff. And they kind of went over the details of what was coming. Um, That's also when they announced the antiquity system. And they gave us kind of the hint at like what this is going to be like. But then eventually we got the release and we learned, okay, this is what the antiquity system is going to be like. This is what the Harrow Storms are like. These are the software updates and these are the quality of life improvements that they they put so far. So let's let's talk about that. How did when we actually got to the release, which was like May slash June, depending on what platform you were on. Um, how did you feel about the Graymore expansion and the Graymore experience when you dove into it? So, um, I love Skyrim, uh, <clears throat> both the game, the region, all that stuff. Um, I've thought the new systems that they brought in with antiquities. I am a huge I, antiquities is a very divisive uh, system. People either most people love it. Most people love the lore to it, but some people don't like the this just feels like a phone game thing. Like, this yeah. is not what I want to do, right. um, which is totally fine. I loved that system i still do i wish they would do more with it and less with the rng of finding leads i the lead collecting isn't my i i'm not as big of a fan of that but i really really like the actual digging and scrying to the system i was a big fan of it really liked it a lot my biggest thing that was peculiar though <laughs> with graymore which is I forget which episode it was when we were talking about, you know, what is it that draws you into this series? Mine is the regions. And although I love Skyrim, it dropped in June, which is the middle, (laughs) well, the beginning of summer for me. And I'm like, I do not want to play in a snowy climate (laughs) right now. So I kind of just did a lot of the extra stuff, the farmable things, the trial, which, um, kinds Agus was the newest trial. It's, possibly my favorite trial um well, i high, really really like it yeah yeah it, uh, it that or possibly the model or either of those um i i really like that trial 
Um, there is kind of a theme to this, not not to, you know, rip on it. It had a lot of technical difficulties, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, the trial was close to a, on. Well, it wasn't uncompletable, but you had an unintentional time limit built into it because there was a memory leak in the trial where if you took longer than an hour to beat the trial, which is hard to do when you're raiding and you're not sure what you're doing. Uh Um, If you don't beat it with an hour, um, your audio disappears. So now you're mute. And then (laughs) people start. Yeah. And then people would start crashing because it would start. The frame rate would start going down. And I, uh, this was way back when we, you know, I had posted some of the things where, most people didn't get the degree of visual issues that I seem to, because a lot of people seemed very confused by what I was posting. But um, I would start getting very, very peculiar uh, graphical errors. Um, and hmm. I, I recorded them so <laughs> that they were posted. I've got the files or whatever, but they're all over my Twitter and stuff like that. And uh, one of my favorite ones, which even the devs were like, what system are you on? You got this. <laughs> We've never uh, seen this before. <laughs> one of our we were we were doing a skin run, getting some new people their skin, uh, which you get from completing it on just vet. Uh, no hard modes or anything. It's just vet. So we would do runs for people to get them their skins. And as we defeated the final boss, someone dropped a meteor skill. And instead of it being the meteor, it was this giant rainbow that came down from the sky and just sparkles <laughs> flew everybody everywhere. And everybody was like, <laughs> what just happened? And I was like, I don't know. But <laughs> a decent amount. The crashing was bad. Stuff like that to me is very funny. I enjoyed that. Yeah, congratulations. You just summoned my little ponies into the game. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Holy crap. Um, but I thought the mechanics to it were very cool. Uh, they were different. They one of the things to the trial requires the same um, mechanics you use in Cyrodiil, where you man ballista mm-hmm. uh, during the trial, which is very different than anything else. It, all around, I just thought it was very creative. Same thing with the dungeons. They, they've done a great job of coming up with new mechanics to make things interesting and challenging while you're playing through them. And it's not just tank in place hit thing and heal other people type of deal there's a lot more to it and i like it quite a bit so i definitely think that they did a great job with that type of stuff yeah well going back to antiquities um you're right that it's kind of like a phone game but i can i can appreciate a system like that because it's the kind of thing you don't have to think and focus on too much it's the kind of thing that you can sit and do while doing other stuff um i agree and I, I don't that. think that's a bad addition. It doesn't mean you have to do it. Now, I, obviously, a completionist would be like, well, now I have to do it. But uh, w- with these games, I, I take in, and choose the pieces I enjoy the most and tend to focus on those. And the things mm-hmm. I don't enjoy as much or, or just don't have the time to do, I, I kind of, you know, leave out because I'm, I'm not really a completionist. But I, w- I think it would be amazing. And uh, this has been an idea that has come up for other MMOs that you... If you could make this a phone game, if they had a Elder Scrolls Online app and you could log into your character and just search for antiquities and do do that while yes, while playing a phone game, that would be amazing. Um, so that's that's my thought on that. Um, I Yeah. And since I do a lot of the end game trials, end game dungeons, achievement hunting and stuff like that. 
I like something very much like you said, that's just kind of mellow that I can use because mm-hmm. I can't just be cranked out on caffeine and trying to predict the movements of things and right. either PVP or end game PV. It's like sometimes it requires I don't a lot want of focus. That. Right. Yeah, it does. And right. sometimes I don't want to focus. Like sometimes I'm watching a movie with my wife and I've got it streamed to um my laptop on remote play it's like okay right. i have a full second of lag like i don't want to be trying to <laughs> right play but, battlegrounds but you can just dig stuff up in a ground and kind of run exactly. to another spot and dig more stuff yep. up and it's really not a problem so mm-hmm. i i do enjoy the you know the different levels of intensity type things that you can do i i think that um yeah it's not it's not a bad thing at all to include more that you just may not want to do i think that's fine Mm -hmm. um the harrow storms were the uh kind of the the things that happen in the events are in the zone you know similar to the other zones they all have certain little events that happen and then there's world bosses and stuff then there were software updates updates software updates and quality of life improvements and that's kind of the theme of this last year is that they've just been struggling with a lot of these updates and we've yes. talked about this before they're pushing the engine way further than it's gone before um but it's all remote now yeah and <laughs> it's all they remote want it to be or not <laughs> now this kind of connects to uh, there are some really interesting parallels between things that are happening in fallout 76 and things that are happening in elder scrolls online or have happened um and one of the discussions i was having around fallout about a year ago was this concept of Fallout 76 took an engine that was never designed to be multiplayer and that's not similar not that is not a parallel uh, to this but they were trying to make it a multiplayer online game out of a single player engine and there was a lot of doubt in the community that they were ever going to solve the issues that it was ever really going to be a thing that worked and now two plus years after the release of 76 it actually is very much improved um every time they release a new expansion sometimes things get reverted but then they fix them again uh but the mm-hmm. but they're you know they're they're making two three steps forward one step back two or three steps forward one step back and over time it really is improving it's um i had some really serious doubts that we would ever get to a place where it was as as good as it is now and if they continue to improve it it will continue imp- to improve um mm-hmm. So I would imagine after a year like this that we might be in a similar situation with ESO where it's like they're realizing all of the things that are keeping the game back as yep. they continue to update it and uncover it because that's where so- that's how software development works. You don't right. know what's in the code that's going to hold you back from the next update until you attempt to do it and then you discover it. Um, and sometimes you uncover yep. a pile of work that's way more than you expected and then you have to allocate, you know, resources in order to to handle that or give it more time so i think we're probably in a good spot i think this next year things are going to smooth out with updates and then we're going to really start to see the advancements what do you think i will i i I am inclined to agree with that because one they've had much more time to adjust now as well um to working from home um so it's not going to be quite so much wow this is really different and we're trying to produce all this stuff as well as the other situation that they had was the idea was to do performance improvements throughout the year but i even though they had to go through with them the same degree that they were able to work on them was probably very much compromised since 
they had to basically relearn how to program the game as well from home. I mean, it's a very different atmosphere. Yeah. I know, you know, that's whether you want to accept that as a thing or not, that that's fine. You can not like how the game performs. I mean, I had a couple points where I was like, eh, I got to just take a break. It's not, it's not working right now, which it can be frustrating, but like, this year was a mess, so they had to adjust to quite a few things. I had to just kind of wait sometimes for things to work so that I could play them again. If they're trying to do that, the likelihood they can also be on the back end trying to figure out and recode what they were trying to fix to help it performance as well. They can only do so much in a 24 hour a day period, and they also need sleep and eating and to not be working. (laughs) Right, right. So there is a degree of limit. Like there's only so much that can be accomplished. I feel the X factor of working from home will be mitigated a bit more now. And Matt Fryer in his year end statement even mentioned that maybe keeping the same schedule might not have been the greatest idea for them. Mm-hmm. we'll yeah. see um I, i've been a proponent i mean the discussion has long been like well why don't they just take time off there's a myriad of reasons why they can't just not produce content and fix the game quote unquote as the forums right. like to say right it, it, it's if you're an artist you don't know how to code the back end for the game like it's <laughs> right. so what are you going to do if you're just not working other than be unemployed so like yeah they're going to still produce stuff But if they focus more on the technical aspects of making stuff run, which I assume is still their focus and has improved greatly, at least from my perspective, um, and maybe a little less aggressive on making so much stuff for us to do, two dungeon packs, a zone, and then you got the zone DLC, and then you've got your new systems like the sticker book, which we haven't even talked about yet. Then mm-hmm. you've got your new arena, your new trial. It's like that's a lot of stuff as well. Maybe you have a little less stuff, and you know, so you still got stuff to produce slash sell, and you'll have more focus on that. You just kind of right. maybe need to ease up the the situation as opposed to end the situation, so to speak. Right. Uh, Wendem in chat says, uh, I'm sure they have bigger server populations with so many people at home, which they do. They've they've told the, us 100 percent. Yeah, yeah, very, very they much cleared so. 15 million accounts this year, which it was 13 million, if I'm not remembering the numbers wrong last year. So right. that's two million more accounts that were made and more monthly active elsewhere. accounts as well. And not just not yeah. just more accounts, but more people are spending time in the game who have correct. Accounts. Right. So, yes, yeah, that is time played. It's like, right. yeah, that's yeah, it, it is. That's 100 percent a valid point, yeah. um, which is going to stress the servers already, which the servers have been around for a while. So it's just like right. it's one issue compounds with another and nothing is just this is the one thing you do to fix it, um, which is. It's like untangling a mess of cords, right? You have to, like, you can't figure out where one starts and one ends until you start pulling at them a little bit. But then halfway through it, it it looks a little bit worse than it even was when it started. Right. You you just have to deal with it. I throw a ball of Ethernet cable at you, and I tell you there's 10 Ethernet cables in here, and it's all wound up. And I say, Mm -hmm. okay, you have this much time to untangle all of this. The odds that you're going to just unwind them all immediately with no hiccups 
pretty unlikely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's a good analogy. Yeah. So, um, so let's move on from that. So August, we get the Stonethorn update. We have two new dungeons, uh, Castlethorn and Stone Garden. What did you think about these? Um, so I liked <laughs> I liked them both. Um, Stone Garden is deceivingly difficult, I tell people. <laughs> um, the dungeons, so they've had like a um method that they've kind of been going with it seems like where normal is for your story veteran is your challenging like okay i'm starting to get there and then the real ramped up difficulty comes with doing the hard modes right um where the veteran levels themselves have become kind of easier on a whole the hard modes are have almost become ramped up where it's like okay we're gonna jam all the difficulty into this (laughs) good luck yeah pretty much and it's been like that for a while and i feel like this year very much the the veteran modes of because the other two dungeons we had was unhallowed grave um with the big skeleton at the end from the necromancer and ice reach both of those dungeons relatively straightforward a lot of people were happy that they could beat them on vet and then when they would jump into hard modes it was like oh oh god what's happening to me um and it was even more extreme with the castle well thorn thorn guard castle garden whatever the name of the dlc stone garden yeah yeah Yeah, it's that castle garden stone thorn although those those sound cool too (laughs) yeah i forget what the name of the dlc was because it was a combo stone thorn yeah stone thorn Thorn. yes okay perfect uh, <laughs> Castle Garden sounds very relaxing. Yeah, you go um, to the Castle Garden, have some yeah. tea. Yeah, <laughs> but um, it's like the uh, oh wow, there's a, yeah, I was gonna say it's like an ocarina time when you're sneaking around the what if, Castle Garden. What if they release a dungeon that's all just like chill? <laughs> it's just melt. You just pick flowers for twenty minutes. <laughs> it's like oh, we have to get to the next section of the garden. Pick ten, 10 flowers. Yeah. And it turns out the okay. end boss is just really, really, it has like bad allergies. And if you didn't pick enough flowers, <laughs> right. you wouldn't be able to beat the hard mode. Right. Yeah, that's, It's that's just a garden like, party. You get to a garden party at the end and you just have to dance for five minutes. You win. <laughs> you did it. Um, but <clears throat> these dungeons, nice and easy to go through. Um, they, they were, you know... I feel like they're understanding the tiered approach, which we have long talked about on Tales and in the community, where it's like better tiers of difficulty so people can work up. I think is a good thing because mm-hmm. it's a little less mm-hmm. shell shock well, like when you go into something very difficult. And I think yeah. they've gotten that down much better with these dungeons. That's more appealing to me as well. Um, yeah. You know, I, I think that's that's good. I and, in this last year, I, I have focused mostly on story content when I've when I have spent time yep. playing the game um, and I reworked my character back in the summer before this came out uh, with the new vampire skill line because there was an update mm-hmm. and felt way more glass cannon than I've been with my Nightblade. And yes, I was like, I was tearing through stuff and then sometimes things would hit me and I was like, oh, and I'm dead um, because my my attacks would even take off my own health. But of course, I would do more damage when I had less health. Right. Um, so I never felt uh, with that character um, competent enough to take him into some of the new content because I, I, I in fact, I still need to spend some time and rework him specifically. Um, 
The other characters that I usually do dungeons with are tanks, but being that this is new content and I hadn't done it before, I didn't know how to tank it either. So that was usually a second thing. <laughs> you know, I'll tank, I'll take my my DPS through the dungeon, let somebody else tank it, learn what's going on, and then go, oh, okay, I can tank this too, and then bring one of my tanks in. Um, so hadn't really focused on that yet. So that's something I'm still looking forward to do, to yeah. doing. Um, and. That's just it. It's like, I don't know. That seems like a good approach because uh, it kind of gives people the story mode. It gives people mm -hmm. a little bit of a challenge and it gives people who like me that I get joked about a lot are sadistic and look for ways to just get obliterated on stream. And right. Stone Garden took the approach even further where it actually has three. Every boss has a hard mode. Um and in order to get to the next hard mode, you have to pick, you have to complete the previous hard mode. Mm -hmm. So that's something that they started in Sunspire. And this is the first time they've implemented it in a dungeon. And by the time you get to the third hard mode in that place, it's, it's chaos. <laughs> it's total yeah. chaos, how much damage you're taking. So it's like, but you can practice your way up, which I, I don't know. It just seems like a great way of getting people used to content without just necessarily pounding people into dust and being like, wow, why you didn't beat it? That's too bad. Like mm -hmm. you can make progress. Right. Right. So um, how did you feel uh, real quick? How did you feel about the way the stories in these integrated into the content? I like so I like the fact that in the seasons that the dungeons have something to do with them. I because before the stories were neat in the dungeons, but they were pretty divorced from right. what you were doing. Like right. it really didn't have any rhyme or reason. It was just like, oh, here's a side story that's happening. I I like the fact that they give a little bit of extra flavor to it. Um, it's nothing deep. Um, one one of the ones that I really enjoyed just because I saw it done without, I always do the dungeons. So I know like they reference the dungeons a lot of times in the game, but if you don't do them, the one that I specifically remember was if you didn't collect the wrath stones from last year. And then when you would talk to Abner Tharn about them, it would change from saying when you completed this and got the wrath stones, it would say some adventurer got these two wrath stones. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh, that's just like a neat little nod of like, either you did it or somebody did it because right. you didn't do it. Yeah. And <laughs> like, that's, that's something that is all throughout the, throughout the game, uh, which is one of the reasons why I recommend when people are like, Oh, I want to jump into this. Where should I, how should I start? Uh, you should probably try to go through the content in order because they will make reference to you being the person who yes. completed the, the tasks. Every expansion, every DLC has some sort of reference usually to something else that happened previously in the game. And if you're the one who did it, then they're like, oh, it's you. Or if you come across a, an NPC for the second time, then they'll remember you from the first time that you did something with them. Um, so, yeah, it's a it's a really cool piece mm -hmm. that kind of pulls everything together. So yeah. um, after that, back in November, we had Markarth and um, the storyline, which you just completed. I've been waiting to dive into this because I didn't want to spoil it, spoil it, and I want to do a playthrough as Sir Robots and release it on the stream, but I also want to do it in a way that, like, it's new to me and I'm 
experiencing it for the first time as I'm doing the playthrough because that's part of the fun is that like I'm I'm guessing what's going to happen and I'm speculating and trying to figure it out as I go. Um, but I didn't want to do it so soon that it would be one of those things that people skip on this on the podcast because they just skip over it. And for those of you who, mm. who are new to the show, um, sometimes I'll add extra bonus episodes in between these regular episodes where I'll do, you know, like, a, you know, 45 minutes or an hour of, of you know, gameplay where I'll, I'll tackle some of the quests in the game and role play my character in the game. Um, so but you were saying in the pre-show that you think that the story of Markarth is actually better than the story that we got in the Greymore section of the game. I I preferred Markarth personally. Um, I liked Greymore. Um, I thought that the twist at the end, unfortunately, I also might have had an issue with it was spoiled in zone chat. Somebody just straight up yelled the ending in zone chat, like yeah. just typed it out and I read it and I was like, wish I didn't read that. And then I found out afterwards that it wasn't somebody just doing whatever. It was like, Oh, <laughs> that was actually what it was. So I did kind of, I'm not big into spo- like, I don't care if somebody spoils something, it's whatever, Sure, but it, if something gets spoiled and there's like a twist is like a cool thing. It's kind of like, Oh, well, that's a, well, that's a downer. Um, I did kind of expect something, but it was like, oh, the end twist was like, oh, man. But <laughs> yeah, I, I liked it. I, I liked the story to it. It was pretty cool. And then I just I'm not sure if it was the voice acting or what, but I enjoyed the Markarth story more, even though it was smaller, like on on a grand scale of things. Mm-hmm. Um, the voice acting was incredible and it generally i'm not too big into like characters uh, people love house raven watch i don't care like whatever they're fine but it's whatever but i loved um ald what is it ald karak is his name is that what good lord i don't, I don't know, know. I, haven't, I haven't done it, it yet it, it's the despot of markarth pretty much it, okay. he, it's it's Wes Johnson's character, pretty much, is the best <laughs> right. way to explain it. Okay. It's Wes Johnson. It's Wes Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> so it's Wes Johnson, who is an amazing voice actor. Hello, and, yeah. adventurer. Yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah. So he's fantastic as the despot of Mark Garth. And there's another, another character you'll meet, Arana, who I thought was awesome. And I just really liked how that all played out. And then when you complete both Greymore's storyline and Markarth's storyline, you get an epilogue storyline, mm. which it's not like fi- it, it was, it took like an hour and a half. Like it, it's like a That's full good. quest line. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought that ended it perfectly. Like that was, it closed up all the loose ends. It had a really compelling ending to something. Hmm. And I really liked just the closure to the season i thought i was like oh sweet i i feel like everything that was meant to be accomplished was accomplished here that's good whether it was good or bad for people it was just like okay well everything's wrapped up so yeah i was a big fan of the way this story played out which to be fair i thought the threat of vampires and werewolves was actually a little weak at the start of the season compared to what we had fought prior with Daedric Lords and we've got Daedric Princes destroying the world with the plain meld. And we've got, yeah, yeah. you know, trifecta plots with Somerset and then all this. And then we have dragons ending the world. And then it's like, we have vampires and werewolves. It's like, all right, well, I beat way bigger things than you. You're less concerning. <laughs> but in the end, I, I actually liked it. I thought it was like a really good, not a side quest, but a really good, 
the less the world is ending quest and more just like, yeah, this is going to cause a lot of problems for a lot of people if you don't fix this. Um, so I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it quite a bit, actually. Yeah, that sounds good. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I, I plan to uh, jump into that sometime in the next week or two. Mm-hmm. Um, so look for those streams. I'll be I'll be streaming it while I record it. And then if you don't get to hang out for the streams, look for it on the podcast as, as bonus episodes. Um, and then the last thing, last thing from the, the last year, uh, the sticker book system. This is probably the biggest quality of life improvement they've put out in a long time. I would say this is the biggest fix, quote unquote, since one Tamriel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like. That's the only thing that I can think of that was a bigger, more useful addition to the game. Because um, mm-hmm. it essentially, it doesn't eliminate farming, but it makes farming gear so much less irritating. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, because I've been holding on to crap in my inventory for years now. Yeah, in my bank. Yeah. And, and transfusion just... was another one when they added that. Right. That's actually another huge, huge thing. And this is just a further expansion on the transmutation stations. Sure, sure. So, um, so as a whole, compared to previous years, what's your what's your impression of this one from story so, and and all of that and and add it all together. Story. So story wise, I feel it was. Um, even though I liked it, I definitely didn't feel like I thought Somerset was a stronger like story. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say it was like maybe a little less than elsewhere, um, in the grand scheme of things. Um, so it was good, but not like their best storyline stuff. Mm -hmm. But then on the flip side, technical problems aside, the reach of what not not the reach region, but the reach of what they're trying to do technically um, <clears throat> with the sticker book, the new arena, the new mechanics to dungeons and stuff like that. I feel that when they get it all ironed out, the systems they've added to the game are probably the best year of systems they've ever added mm-hmm. as a whole. Mm-hmm. So the potential for the game running better i think is all-time high and the story was good would be how i would put it like um it just is like a yeah that that, that would be like, kind of like, like a my good, assessment right right i do okay so from the lore expe- uh, side of this the antiquities adding some more flavor into mm-hmm. the game that way i think that was that was a win um yep getting an explanation of what's actually going on in the western parts of Skyrim and yep. understanding the dynamic between the kingdoms and um, getting to revisit those locations, see what they were like, you know, what, 900 years or so before the events of, of Skyrim. I probably got the date wrong, but it's, you know, somewhere in that range. Um, I think that's that's a big win. Uh, Black Reach, the... You know, getting another divisive thing, (laughs) another divisive thing. But I think that like having um, having that kind of filled out a little bit was cool. This idea that like, you know, you've got you've got more knowledge. Anytime you get more knowledge Mm -hmm. about things, I think is generally good. Whether you like the way it plays out or not, at least we have more clarity. We have more things. I thought it looked really cool. It looked really cool. Um, Yeah, especially, you know, the big vampire castle. Uh, Yeah, that that looked awesome. 
Um, so I think in general, from a lore perspective, it's it's a win. Um, I don't know that we were given much in the way of uh, like deeper lore reveals, at least that I've seen. Maybe playing through Markarth will give me some more, ex- uh, you know, explanation of that. Yeah. Yeah. Some, you know, oh, these are the Reachmen. They're doing Reachmen things. These are yeah. vampires. They're doing vampire things. Certain people are yeah, working together. A specific sect of vampires. Like right. this is. Yeah. Um, all of that makes sense. Uh, the the messing with people's uh, like t- turning them into vampires or werewolves and like that kind of th- oh the harrow storm the harrow storm thing was kind of cool because that's a little bit of a different vibe than usually we get. This yep. idea that like we're you know manipulating. I mean, I guess it's similar in, in some ways to some stuff, but um, maybe we should go through that in a future episode once it feels less spoilery and all the new content is out. For sure. Um. But yeah, I think in general, it's it was it was a good year. Um, I think, uh, and we'll get to this in the uh, Gates of Oblivion speculation. There were things that people had, had kind of hoped for and speculated about this year that didn't really come to pass, um, and those might be speculations for this next year as well. Uh, we're gonna have to see if those those actually happen. So we'll get to that at, uh, in the second half of the show, but. Overall, I think that's our that's our summary for this year in review. If you aren't playing Elder Scrolls Online, you know, you don't need to hesitate if you're especially the main reason I see people hesitate is because they're solo game players. They're like, well, I, I just want to do the solo stuff. Guys, that's mostly what I do in the game. Sometimes I'll jump in for the group content. Definitely. <laughs> but most of the time I'm doing the solo stuff and there's so much solo stuff. I still haven't finished everything. And it's just like there's that one ton of, of ton of stuff I, in there. It's it's this is probably the weirdest selling point to a game ever. But one of the biggest complaints from people that I know that are big MMO people more than Elder Scrolls people are there's too much options for solo stuff. <laughs> yeah, like and and some people don't like that. They're like, no, I want all MMO stuff, and it's like, well, you get the full gamut of stuff in this game, so. If you if you just like playing out, I mean, that's how I play. I've never gotten into an MMO until this game. Um, mm-hmm. And I got into this game solely because of the name, like the the IP of Elder Scrolls. And then it turned out that it was like, oh, some of this MMO stuff's kind of fun. OK, right. I'm a huge achievement hunter. Oh, well, now I'm going to try this out. Oh, I like this, too. Oh, I like this, too. Oh, I like all of these things. And it's like, I <laughs> You just got sucked I, into all of it. Yeah, exactly. I end yeah. up getting sucked in over the years because I've been playing since shortly after launch. I mean, I tried it right at the start and wasn't a fan until it got stabilized. And I've become more and more of a fan as as it goes. So the only thing that's tough is just don't worry about getting overwhelmed when you first get it. Just mm-hmm. buy. I always tell people, don't worry about all the expansions. Don't just buy the base game. It's like several hundred hours worth of things to do. <laughs> yeah, there's tons of stuff. There's yeah. t- if you just want the stories and just play through the quest to start with, yep. just go do that. You can totally do it. It's fun. It'll be a little bit different than your experience with something like Skyrim, but it's it's fun and enjoyable, and you're going to get a whole lot more Elder Scrolls stuff, lore, and it's similar princes. Yeah, and it's similar enough, and <clears throat> and it and it feels good to play like. If you're just soloing stuff, you don't have to worry about like queue times for dungeons or the no. PvP lag in Cyrodiil. Like, and none of that's, that stuff is going to affect you. You know, <laughs> that's something that I always say. It's like if you're trying to do a speedrun, no death, hard mode of like a dungeon or a trial. It's like okay, any little hiccup, and you'll notice it because one screw up, and it could 
ruin everything and you got to try to reorganize and you need to be perfect. Okay, yeah, I, I'm all on about that stuff. But if I'm doing questing or whatever, it's like I'm laying sideways on my couch playing with one hand. I'm like, oh, whatever. <laughs> I don't care how this is. It playing? Then fine, whatever. It's like it. It's all about what you're trying to do with the time and. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's a lot that you can do that's nice and chill and mellow in this game. Um, and for like the $10 it costs for the base game, that's a great way of deciding if it's for you or if this yeah. isn't for you. Yeah. 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 If you have 10 bucks and you're looking for something to do for a few hundred hours, <laughs> it's not a bad option. Um, all right. Well, let's move on to the middle of the show. The skies are marked with numberless sparks, each a fire, and every one a sign. So being that this is the last show of the year, I need to say a very, very special thank you to our patrons because you guys are what enable me to keep doing this show and it continues to grow. You guys are phenomenal. We have some new patrons that have come in for the over this last month. Um, Sergio S, Jill R and Jacob P. um, Thank you so much for your for your patronage and uh, for helping to support the show. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I also wanted to take time to just kind of go through, if if you guys will just give me a minute, I'm just going to burn through the whole entire list of all 43 patrons as a end of year thank you to each of you who continue to support the show. You guys are just absolutely amazing. Noodle Al Dente, you are our uh, Akatosh or Lorcon. I mentioned you last week. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being our top patron right now. You are amazing as uh, even just regularly, you're, you're our level five patron. And this last month, you've been a level six patron. So thank you very, very much. Very much appreciate it. And then we have uh, Renegade Daedra, Sydney S, Kung Fu Kangaroo, Brad Sparks, LSM, Jacob P, Jill R, Sergio H, Artius, Cody M, Ratatoski, I think is how you pronounce that, Stacia G, uh, Megan E, Wireless, Briar S, Samuel M, Bob Chichinsky, I'm not going to close his name because everybody knows Bob. Uh, Bob Chickens. Bob Chickens. Uh, (laughs) DJ Boone, uh, Anyuk, Anik, Anika? Anika, that's it. On not on yuck. That's a terrible name. Anika, Drew A, Brian R, Herbert S, Ali W, uh, No Ratu, Stephen W, Kiefer D, David P, Brian B, Discount Supply, or I'm sorry, Discount Support, Jonathan H, Ryan C, Leon M, Zipe, or Zipe maybe. These names are so hard to pronounce sometimes. Athaboros, Michael K, Remington C, Sirius, Daniel O, Frank B, Rosalie, Alex C, and Kat Mandu. Thank you to all of you for being patrons. I just had to go through everybody at the end of the year and just say thank you very, very, very much. Um, very much appreciated. If you if you're not a patron yet of the show and you are excited about the things that are coming, Lotus and I will be tackling next week, uh, starting some character lore episodes, starting with some of the rulers of uh, the different locations of Cyrodiil during mm-hmm. the time of Elder Scrolls Online. So we'll be digging into some of that stuff as well. And who knows where it's going to go, especially with the new stuff coming 
as we move forward. And uh, a special thank you to our subscribers on on Twitch as well. Um, Scroungy Cat and uh, Kather both subscribed during the stream so far. So thank you to you guys as well. All right, let's move on. We've got this is going to be a kind of a bit of a longer episode. We've got some awesome stuff to talk about when it comes to Gates of Oblivion. So here we go. Following is a public service announcement from the Starter Set Dungeons and Dragons podcast. This is your D&D campaign. This is the Starter Set podcast. You know how like poison frogs don't lick each other's backs. So it's Howl's Moving Castle mm -hmm. with a face. Mm -hmm. Hey there, I'm Great Mandibles. Because <laughs> one of the party speaks abyssal. You're all going to die. <laughs> and then adventure falls into your lap. Plop. This is your D&D &D campaign after listening to the Starter Set podcast. So join Sam and Ed every Friday on the Starter Set podcast for prime Dungeons & Dragons content. Any questions? Yes, yes, you're entirely brilliant. Conquering madness and all that. Blah, 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 blah. So, Gates of Oblivion. We've talked about this for the last few episodes. There's always so many things to be excited about with new years of content and all that. Teasers have now been going out. Male teasers that we talked about right at the beginning of the show have been going out to some of the community. The first one I saw was from Stardancer on Twitter, who posted this and i'm going to put this up in yeah, she was the first one i saw have it posted too yeah i'm going to put this up in the um on the video feed so if you're if you're watching live or if you if you look up the uh youtube video of the stream you can see it here it's a letter with a coin and um it's signed by lyrinth and the text here says uh little mortal the coin included with this letter is one of three such discs that holds some significance to the Order of the Waking Flame. The cultists I acquired it from has no further need of it, and it may assist you in the near future. Study the coin, for I believe there may be a clue to the cult's activities hidden in its etched surfaces. In due time, I will summon you. Things are about to occur, and I will require a mortal's touch. Be ready, Lyrinth. So this item um, comes with a coin. It references a few different things. So the first thing I'm going to point out is the Order of the Waking Flame. This definitely sounds like a Mayrune's Dagon cult. Oh, yeah. Flames associated with destruction, Mayrune's Dagon. And as we talked about in a previous episode, the Mysterium Xarxes hasn't been written yet in the time Correct. of the Elder Scrolls Online. So that cult may not exist, but there might be a precursor group called something like the Order of the Waking Flame. So th mm -hmm. that would make a lot of sense. Um, yeah, a lot of people have commented that look, the the, the uh, coin looked like an Oreo. Um, yes, actually, <laughs> quick side note on the Oreo thing <laughs> was the elder memes put up. Uh, he drew a picture of like a scarab. Yes. I was yeah. like, oh, cool. I got one too. And he literally just put an Oreo cookie in the middle of it. And he's like, these are so cool. <laughs> uh, it looks delicious. So. Now I want Oreos. Uh, here's the, here's the more zoomed up picture of the one side of it with the, um, it looks like a demon skull. I think it's probably, probably yeah. pretty accurate. And you'll notice there's some uh, letters around the edges of, of the coin, the Daedric. Daedric letters. And then there's the back side of the coin, which I have here. And thank you again to um, to uh, Stardancer for these images. And you can see that it has 
what looks like flames, maybe a sunrise with fire coming out of the it sun. Looks, if if you look up uh, what the mythic dawns and Mayrun's Dagon's uh, sigil, like pendant, mm-hmm. is, it looks like a more fiery version of that. Oh, even more fiery. Yeah, the, so, the, the flames are a little more intense on the coin than they are. But like, if you look at what the flag looks like in Elder Scrolls um, for Oblivion, mm-hmm. that looks very, very similar to the symbol of the Mythic Dawn. Yeah, yeah. So that all that all tracks. Um, the we're going to talk about Lyrinth in a second. I'm going to jump to the coin stuff. So translated the the Daedric text on the head. Well, let's talk about the flame side first. The flame side says Mayrun's Dagon across the top and then destruction, change, ambition across the bottom, which makes sense. Those things are all associated with Mayrun's Dagon. The head side with what looks like a demonic looking head shape says ambitions, knowledge, freedom, wisdom, energy, maybe energy. Yeah, probably energy. Because it's missing a Y. And then <clears throat> adventure. That's the side that's a little bit more vague. You know, obviously the other side is clearly, it's a clearly says Mayrun's Dagon, right? But this backside, ambi- backside, ambitions, knowledge, freedom, wisdom, energy, adventure. So freedom, ambition, wisdom, energy. You know what this makes me think of? Manny What's Marco. That? Manny Marco. Yep. Um, the freeing of Manny Marco, Maybe. Maybe um, I believe it was the unofficial Elder Scrolls pages who might have posted that with three coins, it could be the three. um, uh, Hold on, I'm trying to find it so that I quote them properly. But I have so much. Yeah, the, stuff the letter here. said uh, there were three coins. This is just the first one that, right. that okay. we've seen. So. This is from the unofficial Elder Scrolls pages Twitter. Um, the coins uh, are probably representative of the clans in service to Clan Dagon, mm. the Sharadai, the Zivili, and the Dramora. So that could be related to one of those. One of those clans. Um, okay. One of those clans. That that's another potential. Um, what with you know. Each of them kind of the the Dramora are almost more like the grunts. The Zivili are incredibly strong and also mm-hmm. a little more we're gonna do our own thing. I actually am not super sure of what the Shurdai are. I, that one I actually <laughs> yeah. don't know off the top of my well, head. Here, why don't, but why don't, that's another potential. Okay. Yeah, um, you can look into that a little bit. Um so that's what the coin yeah. says. Um you maybe do a little research while I talk about Lyrinth. Yeah, that's um so do. speaking of Dramora, Lyrinth who signs this is a Dramora. And I love I love the Dramora. I love this idea of this other race of people who are different than us who live in oblivion and yet they're still people, right? They're not just mindless slaves. They have their own personalities, their own wants. She is a Dramora. Now she shows up in a previous quest in Elder Scrolls Online. So here's, here's, uh, wait, wait, uh, what's Madigan? Madigan's sharing some people have said this is a translation of mine. I've decoded this message as well. This was more challenged, but 90% sure. Um, side Ambition. One. Oh, so you have another one. Oh, man. This, okay, so Maddie right does now. have the third one. So, okay, that. So Maddie has one. Ambition, one power, strength, honor, revolution, 
and then the other side is Mayrun's Dagon, Destruction, and Change, Ambition. Destruction. Interesting. So Ambition, One, Power, Strength, Honor, Revolution. Yeah, maybe these are like the, uh, you know, different clans, um, you know, text about them or wh whatever that's called. They're like mission statements, I guess, would be one way to put it. Um, or just descriptions of what they what they value. So let's get back to um, let's get back to Lyrinth. So Lyrinth shows up in a previous quest line. She uh, works with you in order to fight against um, Molag Ball, and seems like she at least has interests that line up with mortals during that quest at line. Least the, <laughs> at least for the time being, right? Which which is always interesting to me because the Dramora I find very interesting. So the description from UESP explains it pretty succinctly. Lyrith is an outcast Dramora originally encountered bound inside the runes of Telmor Walk in Shadowfen, where her essence is being harvested by the Dominion in order to create skin stealers. You are given the option to free her in exchange for information or leave her bound. Regardless of your choice, she can later be encountered at the Tower of Lies and will help you free the members of the Fighters Guild imprisoned down there. She will approach the Temrealic expedition outside the Reaver Citadel and offer a way to break the Daedric defenses during the quest of The Citadel Must Fall. So she shows up for like four different quests. Once inside, she will offer to open the barrier protecting the Endless Stair in return for killing Valkanez Cirrus and allowing her banished clan to return to power in Cold Harbor. Lyrinth is also found in the Imperial City Prison, where your group must help her defeat Lord Warden Dusk in order to reclaim the animus of her clan. So she is from a specific clan in Cold Harbor, which of course is associated with Molag Ball. Now, may there, maybe there's some competition between the two Daedric Lords and Mayrunes Dagon is trying to eat Molag Ball's lunch, who has maybe weakened <laughs> Tamriel with his invasion, and Mayrunes Dagon is going, well, if you can invade Tamriel, then I can too, and now's the perfect time to do it, and she's warning us? She's rallying the troops, because she's clearly done that before in order to fight back against Daedric incursions and the things that are going on that she may not like because of whatever her perspective is. Um, so... Before we get too far away from it, I figured uh, we might want to just round back real quick when we were talking about the different clans. Yeah, yeah. And so I managed to get what information I could quickly, at least, on the Shardai clan. Mm -hmm. And I made the joke of I need to get through Arena so that I can start um, playing Battlespire because they are straight out of Battlespire. <laughs> Okay, um, good, good, they, good. It's where they... So, um, the Shaddai clan, also known as Phaedra's clan, is a Daedra clan led by Phaedra Shaddai. Um, she's in the service, and the clan is in the service of Mayrun's Dagon. Uh, the clan is based on the Havoc Wellhead and represents the vital but impulsive and undisciplined element of the destructive principles of Mayrun's Dagon. So that leans more into the hyper-destructive side of the things. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. interesting, interesting. And they helped with the sieging of the Battle Spire, it looks like. Um, and the only other thing, just quickly to note out of that, is apparently they at one point tricked uh, Zivilai Moeth from the Zivilai clan mm -hmm. into aiding them. 
And as a result, it devolved into open conflict between the two clans. So they don't seem like they get along necessarily with the <laughs> <Yeah>. other clan. <laughs> yeah. Hey, well, that makes sense, though. You know, like vying for power, destruction. Oh, boy. Um, yeah, this is exciting stuff. So uh, real quick, I'm putting up the image of um, uh, Lyrinth here on the screen, which at first when I looked at her, I was like, Dunmer? I mean, I was like, oh, wait, no, 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 Dremora. <laughs> it's definitely Dremora. <laughs> um, but yeah, Dunmer, it's interesting how close, I, I hadn't thought about this before, but how much the Dunmer look kind of like Dremora. Kind of interesting. Dark red eyes, uh, dark skin, you know, gray skin tone. Um, so that's what we know so far about Lyrinth. Um, so it seems like there's there's got to be some sort of unrest going on Maybe she's rallying the troops to fight back some other group that's invading. Don't know yet. Don't know yet. That's as much as we have. Yeah. Um, but good stuff. Uh, let's. <laughs> one last thing I want to get to before we we close up the episode is we've we've talked about speculation. One of the things we didn't speculate about specifically was every expansion seems to have some sort of new big thing like the big not just like the setting not just the story but a expansion to the game in some fundamental way a new class a new skill line something like that so lotus i was thinking about this are we gonna get a new class it's been since <sighs> elsewhere that we got a class so and we seem to get I, them every other expansion morrowind yes then not I that. got a skill line last time, so yeah. based on this, we would roll a new class. I'm not going to lie, I was pretty surprised that if we weren't going to, and actually Maddie already threw it in chat, bard class, mm -hmm. which a lot of people I know wanted a bard class, but it seems weird that we wouldn't have gotten a bard class with the with the, the sky the skyrim stuff yeah skyrim yeah, yeah like I, yeah. that was basically written right there for them so right i, I don't know I, I i'll be curious the one thing i know people like make i'm not an alt person i don't make alts really i love alts. whatever i love alts. I know, I know most people I, I i'm not an alt person so i always want a skill line mm -hmm. because i can add it to my existing character right I I basically made a necromancer, learned what it did, and then was like, "Cool! Now that I know how other people play, <laughs> right. I'm never." <laughs> oh, <laughs> but you know, you give me the Sigic Order skill line, not the quest line. Quest story great, no, never again. Um, <laughs> that that the design of that need needed help. Um, but I love that I could bolt that onto the character that exists. So hmm. I would love it if we got a new skill line, but I know a lot of people want a new class. So who knows? I, I don't know. I, I think it's more likely we get a new class, but it is weird that with the Bard's College or uh, Bard's Guild or whatever it's called, I don't remember. That we didn't um, get the class then. Yeah. We didn't get the class. Yeah, it's, it's peculiar. Um, yeah. If it's not a Bard... What else could it be? I mean, uh, typically this, yeah. the classes in Elder Scrolls Online don't fit, you know, typical archetypes. 
of like oftentimes you know fantasy games play off of dungeons and dragons and that kind of thing uh but we don't have that i mean necromancer is probably the closest to an, a traditional archetype class um but it's it's also rare in those other games um would we see something more combat focused more like melee focused everything that seems would... to have a touch of magic in it right because i mean when you have stamina classes you rely much more heavily on the weapons you're using mm -hmm. themselves so it's less and everything like, can be both like every class can can, can do both but when you go stamina focused um it tends to be more melee magic of dragon knights are very up up in your face type of thing even though they're magic mm -hmm. but uh when, when you have like there aren't too many close range magicka attacking things the right. way that right there are for stamina and when it comes to stamina more often than not it's not the class that's doing it it's the weapons you chose right right so that's going to be that'd be a weird mix to see how they would do that exactly right so we're getting some stuff in uh chat uh agilos 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 oh agilos agilos I, I thought it was agilos but i, I i'm so good at bad at pronouncing yeah. when i read names yeah. do anybody who doesn't know agilos yeah. dc and he he actually was the founder of tales of tamriel the other right. podcast i'm part of <laughs> right he says uh, um spellblade is the new class lol <laughs> spellblade <laughs> that I was going to say, well, that's been something that's been brought up. You have a spell in one hand, you have a blade, you know, a weapon in your other hand, because that's I mean, that's almost like the trope of what you see every advertisement for, like back when Skyrim came out. It's like, oh, yeah. oh look, I'm wielding weapon and magic. It's like, ooh, so it's like right. you can't do this. So. Right. So this uh, and then so I've got so many thoughts that, and then they're kind of headed in the same direction. Uh, and then Madigon says monk fist class. So what if we get a class and a skill line what if we have like a fist like a like fisticuffs like old timey fisticuffs skill line you know like but what if we yeah, had like yeah, a like a monk class like yeah, a monk class say. with some sort of skill line for that that would make sense would you get a buff if you were a khajiit or a, an argonian because you'd have claws as well maybe maybe that could that could <laughs> work add that in as a passive um but spellblade so the other my other thought on this and i talked about this a little bit last year this idea that if you if you go weapons, you have lots of different weapons to choose from, right? You've got, you know, swords and axes and uh, hammers, and you've got two-handed swords, and like you have a whole variety of different you know daggers. But if you go magic weapons, you get stabs, and you have different kinds of stabs, but they're all stabs. What if there was an expansion to the kinds of things you can hold in your hands that do magic damage? So you could have like, I don't know, a book or a wand or a uh, like a, a crystal ball, like some sort of other thing that you can wield as your magic source weapon. And it yep. still does distraction. It still does, you know, like it, it can be tied to the same skill lines, but it just isn't a staff. Yeah, you know, orbs. That could be. Or a carrot, Wyndham says. A carrot. Magical magical vegetables. You know, whatever it is. Yeah, you, you, something you can hold in your hands. Or, or even just or even just like Snickers glow, bar. A Snickers bar. Just like uh, something like uh, glowy hands like with that like hold really cool bright lights that like, you know, like uh, when you're in Skyrim and you, you've equipped like, I don't know, flame or something, your hand goes, 
and it lights Again, up, right? Not to circle back to all the things that I said if they were going to happen, they would have needed to happen last year. But like, if we're going to get something like that, how would that not be tied to the College of Winterhold? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Which we yeah. just moved past as well. So like, it would seem very peculiar to have these things come out after things that logically lined up perfectly with them be like oh okay so now you've got a spell sword and <laughs> you can be a bard but it doesn't relate to the place that would produce spell blades or bards well it's like, we no. do have we do have a big gap of land in the middle of skyrim still so maybe this stuff will come out with a future expansion where we're going back to skyrim again that could that could be a thing um the other the other potential here is do you think we're going to get a an arena for the zone, arenas seem fairly uh, popular, right? They are, but they tend to, I don't know, they tend to jump around a little bit um, because we did just get the Vatashram Hollows arena, which is a solo player arena that came out um, in Markarth. And it was in my opinion, much, much better than VMA, which mm -hmm. is Maelstrom Arena. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, um, and by popular, I don't mean like among many people. I mean about among a select group, like the people yeah, yeah, who no, like, they're, like they're, arenas they're, love arenas. Like that's yeah, their correct. thing. They're very loudly asked for <laughs> right. by people right. in the community. Um, what do you call it? Whereas like you know, everybody likes the dungeons. People like trials, but then trials come with a lot of technical hurdles. Uh, and then there's different types of trials. And then people have been asking for a solo arena for a very long time. We right. just got that. Right. And I, I liked it substantially better because it's much more. It was much less of a DPS test than Maelstrom Arena was. It, it's. Vatashram Hollows felt like, so you want to do a single player dungeon. Here you go. It wasn't just, here's an arena, here's an arena, here's an arena, here's an, and it's just switching places. Mm -hmm. So that one I felt, because you'd traverse, you'd kill you know, garbage going from one location to another. Um, I, I thought it was much better constructed, and I blew through it on my tank with minimal efforts. Granted, the build I have is a little... I'm not going to say what it is because it needs to be nerfed, but, um, <laughs> but that aside, it's, it's, it's much more manageable. Um, whereas, uh, Maddie mentioned the four player arena thing mm -hmm. is we had black Rose prison back. I guess that would be two years ago when we got, um, Merkmeyer. Right. And that place did not go over the same way because it was like, okay, people kept wanting, I want something difficult. Give me a difficult arena. Why don't you give us difficult arenas? That place came out and everybody's like, this is way too hard. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's definitely a balance to get, to get it. So I don't know. We could, we could get an arena. I mean, thinking about it now, it's like, it has been two years since we got the last arena. Could so. be a thing. Could be a thing. Um, yeah. Other speculation has been uh, bigger battlegrounds. Instead oh, of four v four v four, what if we were up it, and what if it was like five v five or six v six or ten v ten v ten? That'd be interesting because battle battlegrounds is another very decisive. People tend to like Cyrodiil or battlegrounds. Mm -hmm. I would be of the camp who like Cyrodiil, but right. battlegrounds are fine. They're just not really for me. 
And I would imagine, actually, yeah, I mentioned in chat, I'm curious if that would be another technical hurdle that oh, they would have to. I'm sure. I'm sure they'd have because, to solve some of that. But I mean, imagine, only, imagine yeah, siege weapons be, in battlegrounds. Yeah. It, oh, dear God. <laughs> <laughs> Capture the relic with all these catapults. Great. Yeah. yeah. You, <laughs> actually, well. you have like three towers, right? And then like uh, each group oh has to like Good siege Lord. to get into the other tower. And then it, 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 it could be a capture the relic type thing, but it could also be a, you know, like maybe you take down one one of the three groups and then the last two groups, they get eliminated and the last two groups battle it out. See who wins. Well, it's it's again, it's it's a very different style of play with battlegrounds and they've been trying to adjust a lot of stuff in there. So it's like they've had some bizarre things with battlegrounds. Um my personal favorite, which I, I just saw online, I think it's only happened once, but who, who knows, uh, where a, a group in Cyrodiil, like they had been grouping to go into Cyrodiil, accidentally got queued into Battlegrounds. <laughs> so it was a team of three, a team of four, and a team of 24. That's so weird. And, it, and, and they just completely raffle stomped the other team because they, <laughs> they're they 24. What are you supposed to do? <laughs> so... Wow, uh, Scratch Cat just gifted like ten Damn subs. Everybody subs in order to, to hit, <laughs> hit the goal for the cat. month. Thank, thank you, Scratch Cat. Like everybody's got subs now. Everybody has subs, and the whole screen well, just exploded. Your goal. <laughs> thank you so much, Scratch Cat. That is amazing. That is ridiculous. Thank, <laughs> thank you. Been trying to get that to work for the last half hour. Oh, I'm well. God, you figured it out. <laughs> Yay! Um, one last thought. One last thought before we wrap up the episode. People have been asking for it. Spell crafting. This is one of those things that I look at and I'm like, ooh, that seems cool. But then my I start thinking about like, how do they even make that work? And I go, I don't know. I don't know. How I have no idea. I'm not a dev, but I like to speculate about, about dev things. But I don't know. I don't know how you make that work in this game. Yeah, I. I so I assume this is unpopular opinion, but I don't particularly care a lot of times people don't want things to be overpowered as long as something has like a counter like in a competitive environment that's fine whatever yeah but okay i don't care if you give us crazy overpowered skills that we can use to tee off on the pve side of this like it doesn't matter to me right i mean once you overpowered and once you hit a certain cp level even with a just mediocre build you kind of tear through the pv stuff right quick and it's, it's so it's like i would be fine with but balancing that for the competitive side of things, I could be very challenged, find very, very hard. I, I, who knows? Because I love spellcrafting in the other games and I broke it so hard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just, yeah. And it's like people spend way more time than I do finding ways to break things. So it's like, I'm sure that would open up a totally new can of worms. But uh, again, that would be very strange to see because how are you not going to have that take place at the college? Like there's so many questions I right. have if we get right. that stuff. So right. I'm wondering if it's not so many mechanics um, and systems that'll be added and more just like here are your dungeons. They've been, mm-hmm. they've 
been vetted for longer than normal and here's your storyline stuff and your new zone and here's your end of year storyline stuff and zone type of thing um so i'll be it'll be a simpler year yes so which i would be fine with give me story and stuff like that to do that'd be great Mm -hmm. because it'll give us stuff to do but i feel like the game mechanics are in a very good place it's just you want to make sure everything works right to go with the mechanics. You right, know what I mean? Right. Now, my other speculation on this being that we're getting Oblivion Gates potentially. I mean, I would assume, right? Gates of Oblivion. Uh, that's what I'm assuming. That's as well. the name of the, exp- <laughs> the year. Um, what if what if they were to shift their perspective from specific new zone content to some new zone content, but then also changes across other locations? Like we talked about this, that would right? Be very ambitious. It would be very ambitious. I think this is crazy, but just go with me just here for the fun of the idea, right? They take the world events in every location and turn those into oblivion gates across the entire map. We were originally talking about like the idea, like turn. It's like oh, instead of a dragon, it's now right. a, this. It, there's a chance that it'll roll an oblivion gate right. instead. Right. Oh, so what if that's a thing? And then, uh-huh. and then, if while they're now addressing things across the entire map, just a little bit across the entire map, a, a little bit, I put in quotes, um, then it makes sense to then say, okay, there's also part of this quest line that takes place at the College of Winterhold, and therefore spellcrafting, or there's also part of this quest line that takes place back in um, ah, the, the city with the Bards College, uh, Solitude, and then therefore bards right like what if these quest lines now start spanning multiple places and and again this is something and i I mention other mmos all the time this is something that happens in world of warcraft where they'll have a whole new thing but part of the adventure takes you back to other locations you've already been at with just like instant stuff that happens in those locations so so I guess. All right. You know what? I'll be the perpetual voice of ruining fun. Uh, <laughs> ruining Madig- Madigan's fun, specifically yeah, in chat. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Maddie. Yeah. Um, my guess would be, and actually, Jellos just mentioned the same thing. That would require you to be able to traverse back to these places right. without needing to buy the. Di- so you would basically. But what if they the are di- instanced in those locations? <gasps> So what if you are teleported into the Bard's College, but you don't actually have to be in the zone? Oh, oh like it puts you directly in the right, college. Right, right. Like what if it's just an inside location that's the inside of the Bard's College, and if you were to walk out the door and you own that zone, you would go into the rest of the city because you own the zone, uh, right? I guess be that that would be the only way they could physically do it, but I would imagine that I would be, let me put it this way. I will just phrase it as I will be very impressed if they manage to do that. Cause that seems like a logistical nightmare of vetting which content you can and get, you can't get in and out of at right. certain time. Yeah. But you're right. Yeah. It, it it'd be, it'd be kind of like housing. It'd be like going right. to a house in a zone without owning. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. I, I see. I see. I see. That that the, there is definitely a way to make it work, but yeah. yeah, and to be fair, that'd be pretty cool to just be able to do that. I mean, we got the um, what do you call it? It's everywhere, uh, the Sigic portals, the time rifts, right? 
Right. Those are all over Tampa. Those are all over. So, uh, the the yeah. searching for antiquities is everywhere, right? Gates from time to time. Instead of it being a little scamp gate, just make it a really big scamp gate. And instead of scamps, have something that I care about. Exactly. So. Exactly. It's not like they haven't been doing this in some in some ways. Um, and then, like, if if your house is in a zone that I don't own, I can still travel to your house if we're in the guild together. And you, you know, like, but I, if I were to leave the front gate, I wouldn't go into the zone I don't own. Right. I'd be teleported back to the place right. I came from. Um, I believe that's the way it works. Um, so they have methods of making this work so far. It would just it would be just instanced areas, um, but it would feel like you're going to that location. And that's the that's the thing that I think would be really interesting. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Give give the and to, I guess you could almost use that as a marketing thing because you give a yeah. flavor of like, hey, yeah. wouldn't you want to go outside to like, sure. I do want to go. I can see what the rest of solitude looks like. So, yeah, there you go. Boom. More sale. Boom. Yeah, or you go up to the do- door and it's like, uh, would you like to purchase this DLC? Everything <laughs> pops up on the screen. version. <laughs> <laughs> you hear sounds outside the door. People are screaming and hollering. There is an adventure awaiting you on the other side. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very well, stuff. Just a just another thought. Um, as usual, I'm sure some of these ideas are well beyond anything that they have committed to doing. Well, if not, maybe maybe they've considered them, you know, but yeah. Yeah. Well, that was fun. <laughs> so it's, it's been a fun year. We've got a whole lot of stuff to look forward to, and we've got a bunch of lore to tackle uh, moving forward. So, you know, and also uh, Scroungy Cat is ridiculous, just gifted even more subs. So, <laughs> Scroungy Cat didn't like the fact that they weren't in first place on the gifted sub list. So right. they corrected that. Right. Well, thank, thank you. Thank you. I'm glad, I'm glad that motivated you. I appreciate it. Um, so that's it. And, uh, no, Maddie gun writes now huge out of the box theories. How likely do we see a mention somewhere of a snow Khajiit? Maybe, well, maybe I think Maddie is Canon personally. Maddie so might be Canon. All I need to do is just bump into Maddie arbitrarily. I can't be in his group. I just need to come across Maddie in game. And then it's just like, look, he's part of my world. This is this is mm-hmm. totally canon. I found the last snow cookies. Yeah. You know, that that raises a, an idea. I was I'm trying to come up with a way of doing like a find me in the game hunt like giveaway or something like if you can find me without being part of my group or in the I mean once you're in the guild you can just teleport to your location right but so it has to be like a character or maybe I maybe I start a second character maybe I buy another copy of the game no that's ridiculous maybe I use my wife's copy of the game because nobody nobody's friends with her and I create a character like uh, man baby who I mentioned last week (laughs) I'm gonna put him up on stream again um, up on on the screen, there's, there's man, baby, <laughs> traveling around a lot easier when you're in. Oh God, that is. And, and I just run around as man, baby. And if somebody can find me in game and like tell me the secret password, then they win something. That would be so funny. That's harsh. <laughs> no, no, she she's not friends with all of you guys. That's what that's my point. Um, she has friends. <laughs> my wife has no friends. Oh, so sad. All right, guys. So we, 
to know that they're not friends. <laughs> <laughs> this uh, this episode is definitely devolving into just ridiculous stuff. So we're going to move this into the post show chat. But thank you for joining us. This has been an amazing year. Uh, stay tuned for all sorts of fun stuff coming this next year. And Lotus, you have anything going on that you want to talk about before we head out? No, I, uh, well, I don't know. I finished my, uh, I had, I kind of mentioned last time, uh, I made it through the 5k while running vet dungeons. Uh, I banged myself up pretty good. Didn't wipe out. So that was a, that was a huge, huge plus. Yeah. But, oh man. I looked like I was 92 years old at work. I was like limping around from jamming my foot oh, into no. the side oh. so many times trying to play and also game at the same time uh it was a super fun event uh thank you for everybody who showed up there were a shocking amount of people in chat and i couldn't really respond because i kept giving myself motion sickness trying to read run and play the game at the same time speaking of not being good at multitasking but uh it was entertaining i'm glad (laughs) um but yeah so that was that was a lot of fun um hopefully over the next uh couple of days i can jump back on arena because i'd like to finish that game off so that i can start battle spire and we can start speculating with some actual battle spire information for the game and um yeah our hiatus at tales of tamriel for the holidays will be ending so we'll be able to have a new show over there but uh yeah that's pretty much just bouncing around starting to get back into the flow of things and hopefully 2021 is a lot better than 2020 for everybody (laughs) that's the hope that's the hope all right well i've got uh my regular stuff going on all the shows over at robotsradio.net and if you are into this lorecast you might be into other lorecasts like the fallout lorecast or the cyberpunk lorecast been having a lot of fun with that stuff um i have been promising to get back into playing the game on stream I'm going to try to commit to this over the next week and doing some Adventures of Sir Robots and releasing those on the podcast for you guys to listen to. So um, that, that, that seemed pretty popular. People seem to like those. So hopefully uh, I'll have some time to do that this coming week. Um, otherwise, have a wonderful new year. And if you are listening to this after the new year, hope your New Year's Eve went well. Everybody's safe. And we'll see you guys again next week. And until then... Come up with some really awesome speculation that's absolutely ridiculous and tell us about it on our Discord. We'd love to hear your, your crazy speculation. Um, you've heard ours, so we'd love to hear yours. <laughs> Come share that on our Discord. All right, we'll, we'll see you guys later. Bye, everybody. Happy New Year. Thanks for listening to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast. If you have something you'd like to contribute to the show, please reach out to us at Lorecast at gmail.com or on Twitter at ESO Lorecast. I really appreciate you listening, and I'd love to hear from you soon. You've been listening to the Robots Radio Podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. Hey, Guardians. We are the Destiny Show Podcast, a weekly podcast about all things Destiny 2. We invite amazing guests from the Destiny community to share their stories and discuss the latest topics from the world of destiny check us out on apple google spotify stitcher or live on twitch every thursday night at 7 p.m eastern 4 p.m pacific we will see you starside are you an avid player of the elder scrolls online and looking to take your game to that next level well the red diamond courier podcast is here to help i'm Bob Chichinsky. And I'm Dogbark24. 
We are two experienced players aiming to help others learn and improve through in-game knowledge and references. From PvE to PvP and everything in between. There's sure to be something for you in the Red Diamond Courier. We, we hope, hope you, you check, check us, us out. out. Thanks! Thanks. traffic and weather. Welp, looks like almost everyone's still dead, so traffic is at a standstill. <laughs> and now a word from our sponsor, because they're totally not bribing me with massive amounts of chems or anything. Seems as the stuffed shirts are back at the White Springs playing games with that total loser modus. But hey, if that's your thing, whatever. So if all you squares wanted to hear more, totally, sort of, but maybe not boring stories about rebuilding Appalachia and being all goody-two-shoes, definitely not raiders, check out this thing they call a podcast, The Modus Files, whatever that's supposed to be, on Spotify, iTunes, and wherever else you listen to those things. Double ugh, they're not paying me enough for this. Till later, this is Rose. Raiders rule! Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park